Jean-Luc. You've done more than your fair share of planet saving in your day. And nobody would blame you if you just stayed home and let other people look after the galaxy for a while. Especially given your, your condition. I mean, nobody but me, that is. I never thought you had any business retiring in the first place. And you were right. Beautiful. Thank you, Will. What for? Oh, for so many things. But today, for not trying to talk me out of all this. Believe me, I know better. That, my friend, is always a losing proposition. Welcome to issue 80 of the TomCast Podcast. I am your host, I am Tom, and we are back today for another special episode of the TomCast Podcast dedicated to Star Trek Picard. And I hope you are enjoying doing these as much as I am. They've been a lot of fun, uh, especially getting to do it with uh, one of my best good buddies from a million years ago, uh, my friend Reagan. And he will be joining us again uh, for this episode as well. But I record the intro by myself, baby. That's what we do here. So please follow this special, awesome, super cool, independent podcast on the social medias. We're streamlined now at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And you can join Pophead Nation at Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. And that's going to get you, well, it'll get you a membership into Pophead Nation, which is great. Um, but if you do the $5 a month tier, you're going to get bonus episodes every, every month as well. One bo- at least one bonus episode every month. Possibly more. In February, I did too. That was pretty fun. And it's an awesome time because you get to hang out with awesome people like the Aspen Hill Chody, the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard, and the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Neal, co-host of the Ringing Air podcast. If you guys are into the music scene at all, Jeff has got it locked down. Uh, finally, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And if you get a chance, please give us a five-star review. We really, 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 really really appreciate those five-star reviews and um speaking of the five-star reviews it's very very cool when those come in and uh, recently we got one and i wanted to share it with you guys because it was super super cool to do to to get a podcast to get a good five-star review thank you so much to the for this awesome awesome five-star review from uh v barbarino uh best pop culture show around can't get enough keep it coming thank you so much appreciate you taking the time to write that and uh we will keep it coming. There may be slight hiccups while, while I finish my uh, indentured servitude at San Diego State University, an indentured servitude for which I pay quite a bit of money, but that's okay. We're almost done. But the show will continue. Thank you so much for the support. We can't, we can't do it without you guys. Uh, let's get back to this episode. We're, we're doing Picard again. That sounded weird. We're covering another episode of Star Trek Picard. This is uh, Season 1, 
Episode 7, Nepente, written by Samantha Humphrey and Michael Chabon, and it's directed by, ooh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Doug Aaron, uh, Aaron Okoski. Doug Aaron Okoski, I believe is how you say that. Uh, it's a really good episode. There are um, what I have decided to start calling uh, triple quibbles uh, that I have with the show, mostly with the Borg Cube aspects of this episode. Um, but I'm not going to dive into that too deeply until I get Reagan on the show. So guys, sit sit in, sit down. Sit in, sit down. Buckle up, because uh, this is going to be a fun, fun ride. Uh, hopefully there won't be any turbulence coming out of warp, but we'll see what, what, you know, you never know. You can come under attack coming out of warp sometimes, and it'll be waiting for you in a booby trap. Anyways, so please sit down and enjoy this episode, and I'll be back to talk to you guys at the end. Thanks so much. So your wife's watching the show. She, has she been watching the entire thing or just? No. Just, she picked up just at this last episode. Like right when uh, Picard gets into the kitchen with Riker. Because I'm smiling like a goon. And she's like, what? This this means nothing to me. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I guess I that's like, why are we doing we do, why are we doing a spinoff show of like Riker as a pizza chef? I don't know. That pizza sounds damn delicious, though. Legit pizza. I mean, that Commander Riker has nowadays. Uh, I'd love to see a Riker show, but that's never gonna happen. Well, what? what okay, so let's, before we before we write this new show for for Commander Riker. Uh, you are a big fan of this episode. You were telling me before we started recording that you really, really like this one. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 12 out of 10. Whatever the highest ranking I can give it. Because it gave me so much fan service, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I feel mostly the same. I did really, really like the episode. The the stuff with, with Picard and, and Riker and Troy and, and all the stuff going on on the Penthe, I thought was really was great but i kind of um, had some i kind of had some quibble tri- some triple tri- some triple quibbles with some of the other stuff going on in the show yeah but so much great stuff happens off the show or on the <laughs> planet that it doesn't matter <laughs> that's, that's fair i mean it, it didn't detect it didn't detract from my enjoyment of this episode um it just it just was like huh you know, because I, I think we talked a little bit last week about how it seemed a little odd that, that Hugh and, and uh, Elnor had to stay behind. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that was a bad decision. Right. <laughs> and then you see much better buddies than they should have been. Well, I mean, they, you know, they had to fight those Romulans. I guess that, that they bonded. They bonded real quick. Maybe just Elnor just bonds with people super quick, except Picard. <laughs> I mean, it's possible, but you know, you cut off a couple of Romulans' heads and you get, you make a new buddy. Back a little bit because we, we open up with another flashback, but nothing as drastic as what we've seen before. You know, just just three weeks, you know, and we get the rest of that conversation between uh, Commodore O and Dr. Girardi. Where we yeah. kind of get some of the blanks filled in, like what actually happened, which was a lot of what we thought. She's kind of there at O's behest, right? And well, I, it, it, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say real quick. I guess this also clears up any confusion that O is definitely a Vulcan. 
Because right, the Lions exactly are Okay. The Falcon. I was wrong. She, she, you know, she goes through Pond Far and all that stuff, you know. So far for the pond. Yeah. And and she, well, she does this. It's, it's one of the crazier mind melds I've ever seen because it just like puts in all these memories uh, or uh, the, I guess they're memories, right? They have to be for mind meld. You can't just show a prophecy. I don't so, know. Oh, is, is she right? from the future? Is she from the future? Maybe. That's why I, I have a note that's just like, is this is this just an estimate of what's going to happen or is O from the future? Or are just the glasses from future? The future. <laughs> Well, you don't think she's from the mirror universe, right? She's not putting a lork on everybody. Uh, I, I don't want them to do it in back-to-back shows. No, that would be silly. I agree. Like Star Trek's always been good about skipping over a show with that. But so so O puts this uh, synth apocalypse in in Girardi's brain, and all of a sudden she's like her willing assassin, basically. Which is seems like a bit of a leap, but okay. Yeah, and I've tried to go like, like I said, I've watched this episode four times, mm-hmm. but I've rewound that part a bunch trying to get all the images. It just goes by too fast, and I can't slow it down enough. Uh, it does look like we'll get we'll get more detail on that next week. Yeah. Seems- there's, there's a Romulan ripping or a Vulcan ripping their face apart. There's somebody shooting themselves in the head. So Girardi's got a really weird. Um, thing going on this week right yeah she's vomiting a lot in this episode <laughs> she vomits after the mind meld right. and then uh i'm i'm assuming like the guilt of, of actually i don't really, i don't actually i don't think she feels guilty about, about murray maddox i think she just now feels guilty about lying to the crew yeah well i think she eats so much she's trying to throw up the tracker or the bits of the tracker yeah, that was a th- that was a thought I had had as as well, and, but I was like, that seems weird. It seems like you should know that you chewed it up; it's in your blood. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she thought cake would hide it, and she had enough cake in her system. It would <laughs> it so then the signal can't get out. That makes total sense to me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, she she has that line at the, at the beginning where, she, you know, she's very much not interested in going and getting Picard back because like, oh, the Romans will just go and kill her. It's fine. We're, we're okay. We just, let's just go home now. Yeah. Dropping F-bombs. Yeah, it's quite a, a, a turn for the character, I thought. I mean, she's, it's seemed like she liked Picard, but not so much anymore. No, she's just having a mental breakdown from what's going on. Like, like, it was so easy to turn her. Like, most people in Star Trek, if you showed them a video, they'd be like, oh, how do I know that's real? Right. She immediately buys in. She's like, what do I have to do? Maybe because it was a mind meld and it was so intense. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't think you can fake a mind meld. I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to remember the, the rapey Vulcans who would like, uh, they're from Enterprise. Like they force mind melts on people. Yeah. But you know, that's a little bit much like the, um, they did it on Next Gen. I don't think they were Beta Zeds, but they were some other tele- telepathic aliens that would... That was like, like the father and son and wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was using like mind rape. Mind and rape. Like, oh, we didn't know our people could still do this. Yeah, that's the one. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was just a Troy episode to have tr- gifts of Troy. So she was always getting mine raped and stuff, man. I know. She should have had a tinfoil hat. Uh, like, you know, um, oh, what's Hellboy's real? Ron Perlman rapes her in Nemesis. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, like she gets mine raped a couple times during the show. Yeah, that's, they, they went to that well quite a bit, didn't they? Yeah, just because you call it a violation doesn't mean it's not what it is. Yeah, it's wild. Uh-uh. Um, but so, I I, I kind of want to stay with the characters on this on this as, as we recap this episode because yeah. it, it's probably just easier to follow like Girardi's arc this way. You know, like you said, the, she's having that guilt. She's we know she's got a tracking device. That's how like, everyone seems to be able to find her. That's how Merrick's following the La Serena. Um, what did you think of that conversation after she's puked? And, and Rios goes to talk to her, and, and do you think Rios really thinks Rafi's the one ratting them out, or is he trying to like, trick her into saying something, or get her to confess or something? I hope, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, why is Rafi so stupid, or uh, not Rafi, why is Rios so stupid? Yeah. Like, he, you know, I assume he served with Rafi at some point, and that's how I they know so. each other. Yeah. And I was like, you, you, you know, most crew members have a level of trust. This is a brand new character that you hooked up with. And, you know, bros before, you know, ladies. <laughs> Starfleet before these yeah. <laughs> Institute. Random, yeah, as like random doctors that show up uninvited. Without security clearance from Rafi. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, I, I, I was trying, I, was, I guess I was trying to give Rios credit, but I don't, I think he was really dumb this episode. Uh, he was, because it's the next scene when he's talking to Rafi, and he's like, I hope I don't have to throw you out the airlock. Yeah, and he's like, he's like looking at her all suspiciously. Yeah, and I was like, what are you doing, dummy? Well, and that, that was another weird thing, too, because he's, he, when, he's talk, when Rios is talking to Girardi and, and trying to convince, I guess, Girardi to be with him on, on this uh, Rafi's the conspirator thing, I mean, he had that conversation with Rafi last episode when she was all drunk and fucked up. You know, about, like, what went down on Free Cloud, about, like, the kid. Yeah. And I think Rios could put two and two together. No, apparently not. not. No, apparently not. Like, may, I, I was really liking Rios, but now I think he's kind of a dodo bird. I, I think that was just one of his hologram decoys. He was really <laughs> sleeping off a of bender, and he just has a, you know, an LMD that goes out and will just do dumb stuff. He's actually been in the, in the, in the cargo bay playing shirtless soccer all, all episode. <laughs> He's on his hollow deck, you know, playing against Pepe. Oh, shit. Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> Pepe, excuse me. I just got racist. I didn't mean to. Oh, my goodness. We may have to, may have to cut you off, sir. Cut out. Cut <laughs> out. Yeah, so unfortunately, I don't have anything good to really say about Rios because I, he, he jumps to, like, some really wild conclusions. Especially, like like you said, it seems like he and Rafi have a history. Now, granted, she's got some kind of substance abuse issue. But does that seem like a reason to just throw all that history and trust away? He does say maybe they put it on her without her knowing. Yeah, that's true. So, like, he does give it an out where he's like, I'm not accusing her, but something might have happened to her. They might have gotten her in some way that she doesn't know. Well, and I think he also kind of implies that maybe she's been, like, not necessarily, like, blackmailed, but, like, coerced. Yeah. Which is why I wondered, is like, okay, does he know that Girardi's the one who's been coerced and he's just trying to, like, get in her head a little bit? But I don't, I don't think so. I, I, think, I think I'm overthinking it. 
Yeah, I, you're putting a lot more thought than apparently he puts into anything. In this I think he's really much cooler than he was in this episode. <laughs> Like, I, let, let's let's back up to the beginning of the show because once we come out of the flashback, you know, we're we're on the bridge of the the La Serena. They're they're in a in a Borg Romulan tractor beam, and, mm-hmm. and is just is telling like Rafi to hack it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. can't you just hack our way out of this? Like, like, I don't think it works that way. It's a tractor beam, dude. Yeah. I was like, can't you shoot your, shoot it or something? Like. It's not well, what they I, normally do. I mean, the Enterprise blew up the Borg tractor beam before. Yeah. And then uh, Rogan Danar, when he was in a tractor beam in season three, just accelerated into the shields and bounced off. See? Like, there are ways around it in Star Trek. They do it all the time. See? I, right? I, I'm with you on that. What about... Um... Let's put, let's put a pin in Girardi for a second because I there, there's one thing I do since we're on that beginning scene. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh oh, that didn't look like a good, good beer. Oh, that's not. <laughs> that's why I was in the back of the fridge. Oh boy, skunk mm. butter. It, no, it's like a skunked Bud Light. Ew. It's not Bud Light, but that's what it tastes like. Like a okay. really old bubble. Okay, gross. Yeah, that hence the face. Oh. <laughs> I, since, since we're on that that opening scene on on the La Serena Bridge, I do want to ask you about when when Rafi is attempting to access like the whatever the hell it is, the Romulan nav traffic control or whatever the hell she called it. Like the the circles. Yeah, the circles. So she it looks like she's getting some kind of video feed, right? Right. Is that, do we know, I mean, were you able to tell, is that supposed to be uh, Soji's exactly. room? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it must be Soji's room. It's, you know, it's the necklace, but that just leads, you know, to my Borg theory that she's made with Borg parts. Right. And I, I, wonder, I, was, I was thinking the same thing um, because, because I, it took me a minute to realize that that was a video feed of something because at the time, it's a it's a kind of confusing scene because it moves fast because Rafi's talking about how she's trying to like trick the computer into, into releasing them from the tractor beam and she's talking about how the the board cube has all this weird machine code and then you right. see that screen and it's like wait is that the machine code? I thought that I thought that was part of the code. Yeah, but I I am definitely starting to think more along the same lines as you with the, with uh with Soji being made out of board parts. Yeah, which is bad. Yeah, and I, I because I was thinking about it, uh, like why else would Maddox send her to the cube? Right. Yeah, it makes sense to send Dodge. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely buying into your into your theory more and more and more now with uh, with Soji being made out of board parts. Um, also because we we saw her this episode, she was pretty fucked up from that radiation. So she seems to have some kind of regenerative ability, like the way the the board did. Yeah, yeah, the the nanites or whatever. Yeah. So I'm curious to learn more about some of these things. Uh, but since we were talking about Rafi, what did you think about Rafi sort of mothering Girardi as she was going through her issues? Didn't like it. <laughs> Didn't like <laughs> how she was talking. I was like, what a weird choice. 
Like, I just be like, come here. I, at first, I thought she was just going to get her high. Yeah. Like, I thought they were going to be doing snake juice together over in the corner. And I was like, look at Rafi, this enabler. And then they're just eating a lot of cake and milk. Yeah. And I, I again, maybe I'm, I'm giving these Starfleet characters or these former Starfleet characters more credit than they deserve. Because I was like, oh, Rafi's going to get her to confess. Like, Rafi knows something's going on. <laughs> no, not so much. No, no she doesn't. She's like, no, just I'm going to give you eight pieces of cake and watch a puke red velvet all over the floor. Yeah, what's wrong with that? And and during that scene, uh, uh, Rafi is trying to signal like the, the hospitality program to, to engage. Right, which, to clean up the puke. Yeah, which made me think that like what we had talked about, oh my god, Girardi did disable the, the EMHs and all stuff right. like that. Yeah. But then we see one at the end of the episode. Yeah, which is the hospitality was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Come on! I don't get paid for that. He's like f you guys. <laughs> There's a mop over there, Rafi. That's what when he didn't show up, I was like, oh, she did shut them all down. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, we we get we nailed it. <laughs> uh, like I thought it was gonna become a problem because I thought they were gonna have to fight with um Romulan spy. What's his name? Um, Narek. Narek. Like, I thought they were going to have, like, a little engagement or something to get away from him. And, like, you know, the tactical one wasn't going to come online. Right. And it's going to be, like, a not-my-fault moment. <laughs> Is she Han Solo all of a sudden? He's basically Han Solo right now. Just a <laughs> lot dumber. Um, so at the end of the episode, because she's trying to... Again, I guess I, I feel I feel I, I assume she has a massive amount of guilt because of what's happening with the crew at this point, not because she killed Maddox. She seems totally okay with that. Um, she she replicates some kind of drug. Yeah, that will kill the the candy she ate. Yeah, potentially herself as well. Which I we didn't we didn't talk about that, but yeah, O gives her the tracking device in that flashback. So that's how. The Romulans and Narek are able to follow them through hyperspace and everything, or hyperspace through through warp. Right. So yeah, but I guess we should mention that too, just for clarification's sake. Um, so yeah, she's able to replicate something that can kill her, which I thought seemed a little odd, but you know why not? I mean, it's not a Starfleet vessel. I guess you know maybe the replicator rules aren't as strict. Maybe you can replicate some heroin when you're not looking. Can you replicate like latinum? Ooh, that seems like a bad idea, doesn't it? Well, no, not if you're going to Quark's. Just be like, oh, I want to bring in 500 bars of latinum. I was going to say, Mr. Quark from Faringar is not going to appreciate that very much. You start counterfeiting latinum. Look, I'm gone by the time he figures it out. You know, Quark's faster than that. (laughs) I don't know. It's been 20 years. He doesn't (laughs) have Odo to push him around anymore. (laughs) Like who's keeping him in check anymore? No one's keeping him sharp. Again, different show. We, we'll, <laughs> I know. We'll pitch the new Mr. Quark show later. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> so Ger- Gerardi injects herself, starts the foaming at the mouth thing. Looks like she's trying to kill herself. Do yeah. you think she's trying to kill herself? Or do you think she's no, just... I think she's trying to get rid of the tracking. Yeah, I'm... I'm a little curious too, but that, and that's when the EMH engages, and and she, the, he's able to uh, 
Yeah, he actually helps her. He doesn't just help. go away. Wait yeah. For her to say help. But with him, with him engaged and all like that, I was like, oh, damn, there goes our, our thought on, on her eliminating yeah. the program to, to kind of cover, can cover up her murder. She had to wipe their memories or something because there, there would have to be some sort of log that it was on. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish we will get. A, I, I I hope we will get a better explanation of, of what all went down with the with the hologram kind of being being the witness to a murder here. Yeah. Seems like something they should explore. <laughs> He's vaguely a witness. He but tried to help and she sent him away. Well, and then the guy died. That that's going to get me into, into into my next kind of uh, moment of convenience with with the show, which is is uh, you know it, certain things are done just service the plot, even though they don't, they don't make as much sense as I probably would like them to. Much like our friends Hugh and Elnor staying on the cube. And then what happens yeah. to them in this episode? Right. Which is, uh, Hugh is I guess punished by having to watch his ex-bees get murdered. Uh-huh. Why don't they fight back? I guess they're not allowed to? I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> That's what, I was like, aren't there more Borg on that cube than Romulans? Uh, these are questions. Yeah. These are questions. Like, Wouldn't they revolt? And that's really what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to kill a couple Borg, and then Hugh was going to get his magic little doodad on the wall and flip it. Green lights were going to start strobing, and... Or we're going to just start murdering Romulans. Yeah, well, I, I'm assuming with no collective, being disconnected from the collective, and these, most of these Borg don't seem to have their individual identities back. Um, you know, the, I think it, sound, it sounds like they're just standing around and wait for orders. Yeah, well, see, that's he turns the, the, the lights go green. That's a signal. Kill all the Romulans. <laughs> and it would have been a great scene. If all these like XBs just started slicing up these Romulan agents, don't worry. And then the cube flies away, and it's a big threat again. We will we will get you your uh, your X, XBs Lives Matters T-shirt in the mail immediately. <laughs> all right, good. I need it. <laughs> but you know, because that's not even what upset me about that. It's what happens to Hugh. I I was gonna bring this up. All right, um, let me get a here. Let me right. keep talking. I'm listening. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mentioned it to you yesterday when we, when we were texting about the episode, how I was in a, in a glass case of emotion after it, uh-huh. because of like you know you have the highest of highs with all the Picard and, and Riker and Troy stuff, but then you, then you get to see Hugh take a take a Romulan knife to the neck. That seemed uncool. Yeah, and then I think like they immediately go to dinner or something or cooking pizza. Do they go back to the car or do they go back to the ship? I think it goes to the ship. Yeah, it just got to another scene and I'm like, wait, wait. Hugh just died. Yeah. And then again, to, to put, provide a little bit more clarity for, for where we are in the episode, uh, Elnor stays behind by choice with Hugh. He sends Rios and everyone else off to go after Picard. He makes the choice to stay there. They don't just kind of abandon Elnor, even though for half a second it did seem like they were about to. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it for a second, but but again, this is one of those choices where I'm just like, why don't you and Hugh 
immediately beam the fuck off the ship and get the hell out of there. Like, there, nothing good is going to happen by you two staying on the ship. You're going to fight off all the Romulans by yourselves? Well, apparently Elnor could. Elnor maybe could, but again, he was great fighting for himself, but he kind of stood there and watched while uh, while he took it right in the neck. Well, he caught one. <laughs> I don't know why he tried to fight that woman honorably. I don't know. And what was up with her? So it's a it's a fun scene. You you get Nerissa, who has been the one uh, interrogating Hugh, trying to get the information where he sent Picard and and, and Soji to, and. She's the one who orders the XBs to, to get killed. But then, uh, then uh, she knows that, he's, that, that Hugh's not working alone. So she kind of stages a thing to follow them and, and see where they're going and blah, blah, blah. And again, it's, it's a trick. It's a trap. Very Romulan-esque. Very good. And you get a great fight scene between Larissa and, and Elnor. Um, I, but it was odd. I, it, to me, it was a little odd that she would just – blatantly be like, yeah, I'm Z- Vaj Josh Bo or whatever the hell. I'm Jod Vaj, dude. Suck it. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a great secret organization you are. I know. I, I I guess everyone that you tell that you, for this secret organization, you kill. I guess. I don't know. These are totally minor things. Like, they don't detract from my enjoyment of this episode overall but they're, no, like I said, they're, right. I just, they're what i'm now calling uh triple quibbles where i'm just like oh, that's a little weird it, it's a great fight scene but again she's just like i'm sorry i'm shot yeah, i don't trust you i know you're not going to be honorable about this fight and just kill her right right but a like, good fight entertaining to watch it was, and I guess they wanted to really kill Hugh. Yeah, so Hugh dies, and it's sad. Right, and make Jordan sad. It was I. I was pretty bummed with that decision. I that really bummed me out. And again, I, I feel like it's just one of those things they're doing for whatever story they're trying to tell. Because I, I think they should have been the fuck off that ship a while ago. There was no reason for them to be in the cube still. <laughs> nope. I, I could see Hugh staying behind because he wants to protect the other XBs. Yeah, and, and they, they they sort of make mention of it when when Narissa is first interrogating him when he's when when she kills the XBs about how he's how Hugh is protected by the treaty with the Federation, mm-hmm. but now that she's caught him with uh with Elnor that violates the treaty so she can kill him and all this other stuff, so maybe that's all she was waiting for. But again, these Jad Vash people don't really seem to give a fuck about treaties, or else they wouldn't be killing Soji on Earth in front of everybody or Dodge, right. I would say. Right. Also, don't they know where the, the planet is for the, some, excuse me, the synthetics? Do they? I mean, they are searching for it. I thought she had found. She might. The they same. may have found it, but I. If that's the case, I don't know why they didn't just go there and said why they're following. That was Picard. my question. Why yeah. are they following hard? Why are they interrogating you? Like, get your warbirds to that planet. Yeah, why aren't you going to go get all the synths and round them up and do do your Jadvashi thing? They are not a, a Riker who put the everything together in about thirty seconds. In this <laughs> he sure does. He sure does. Um, I think I think now's a good time to talk about. We we can shift gears and, and get to get to the Picard and the Riker stuff and and, and all the Troy stuff. Uh, you got anything else with those characters you want want to cover? 
No. Actually, I guess, I guess before we, we get off of uh, Elnor, we should say that in, in one of the more odd moments of the episode as well, he finds uh, the, the Picard or Fenris Ranger tracker that Seven and Nine gave him, which I was like, I didn't even know he lost. Did did he lose it when he beamed aboard? I'm assuming was, like, he was stumbling around. Yeah, like when he first beamed aboard, and he, remember how he was, he was like freaking out and he was kind of like stumbling around? I wish they'd shown you him drop it or something right that was what i would have liked to have seen as well because that that was my thing i was like is that picard did he steal it is elnor like a thief <laughs> like, is he just a klepto no it just seemed kind of convenient and then it's very convenient yeah and and you know i don't know how i feel about that yet all, all i know is the trailer for next week looks incredible so i'm i'm probably willing to forgive it <laughs> Dare Ryan back, and I was like, yep. Yeah, so Dare obviously Fulman's returning, and, and she's going to be in the cube now with Elnor, which that sounds pretty fucking crazy on its own. Yeah, like her emotions going to be out of control there. Yeah. Because, as, as remember, as he was dying, uh, Hugh did tell Elnor that he needs an XB to activate the, the portal yeah. in the Queen's chamber. Yeah. So luckily, uh, 79 is one of those. Yeah, because I was like, he doesn't know any of these other guys, and Hugh didn't introduce him to any of his buddies. <laughs> It'd be kind or of weak if another Fenris Ranger showed up, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, hi, I'm Steve from the Fenris Rangers. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh, I was really hoping for uh, that 11 or 99 check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, that again, the, a little convenient. All the, A lot of the stuff on the board cube, I was like, I had questions about it just a lot of the action just seemed very like this has to happen because what we're doing later so these things need to happen even though they don't make a lot of sense right which unfortunately costs us hugh and that makes me sad it makes me sad because i would have liked to see him meet 709 and interact with her i i agree 100 percent. i think that's a, a missed opportunity right there and All also right. it'd be, it'd, i would be super curious for for uh, Seven's reaction to what he was doing with the Reclamation Project. That would have been interesting right. to see, too. I don't know. Her parts removed? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Huh. I, again, I have a lot of questions, but I feel like maybe next week's the week we start getting some some answers about what's going on on that damn cube. Yeah, I think it might be one of the last times we're at the cube for this season. Well, until the cube is reactivated and goes all evil on everyone, right? Well, that's what I wanted Hugh to do. And now I hope <laughs> 709 reactivates this cube and becomes the queen once she steps into that chamber. Mm. She becomes the new queen. And now she just patrols the neutral zone in a Borg cube. <laughs> that seems like quite a turn for Star Trek. I know, queen of nine. <laughs> Oh, I'll make your T-shirts now, folks. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I have to ask before we get to uh, Nepenthe. Uh, what, what the hell are you drinking right now? I am drinking a Tropicana Citrus IPA from Heavy Seas. How? How is it? And it's fine. <laughs> it, it tastes like uh, you know those orange hard candies. Okay. 
It's like you dropped a couple of those in the bottom of a beer. Interesting. It's a, it's a very sh- like sugary orange flavor to it. <laughs> uh, I am I am drinking uh, Pariah's anniversary beer. The uh, the he stole my balloons double IPA, all hazy and hopped up on Nelson. Super good. It's really good. You should come visit. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get out there. Or you know, just have your wife take a gig out here for a few months. And I'll just load up her suitcase for her. <laughs> Yeah, she probably she'll probably come out somewhere. I can't have her that far away. <laughs> All right, let's go to Nepenthe, which I think I said it incorrectly earlier. I think I called it Nepenthe, like Warapente. Yeah, because I was like, clearly this is a Klingon prison planet, um, <laughs> or not. And this is where this is where Riker's hanging out. Riker and Troy, and then the, their child. Yeah, the daughter. Meet, yeah, we get to meet Kestra right off the bat, which I guess Riker gave Hugh very specific coordinates. He was not far from their house. Yeah. But that, that walk they take back reminded me of the episode Home. Uh, when he's walking. When he goes back to France. When he goes back to France and he meets Renee. Yeah. And they just have this nice chat while they're walking along. You know, it was, I, I really like that scene, and it was great because, you know, we, we're meeting Kestra, who is uh, Riker and Troy's daughter. Um, but it's this great scene between Kestra and, and Soji. Picard's just kind of hanging out in the background as they're walking to the house. Until he drops a truth bomb on Soji, like, that he doesn't need to drop on her right there. Yeah, but I... Again, we're we're getting that kind of weirdly arrogant Picard doesn't seem to have people skills. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just that he doesn't know how to act around young people. I mean, it's like sometimes he does, but sometimes he just doesn't get what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, I think one of the one of the strongest points of this episode is like I think Riker basically tells him that and was like, "Hey, man, yeah. you know this this shit might work." You know, when you're the captain on, on a starship, but it's a little different in the real world. Right. <laughs> he basically puts him in his place. Oh, by the way, did you catch uh, the, the – did uh, the name Caster did it ring a bell for you? It didn't, but I, I read about it later on. I was like, okay. oh, I forgot all about that episode. Yeah, Troy's dead older sister. Yeah, it's a Loxana episode, and I don't pay attention to those like I should. There's a lot of reasons for that. Because <laughs> she's always trying to be naked with Picard. It's strange. Well, I mean, wouldn't you? Be naked with Picard? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And Odo, too. Like, you're watching DS9 now. She's always trying to bang that pole of goo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought, that was, I thought that was a cool little nod to some old Trek history yeah. there, which was, which was neat. What was Will's dad's name? Ooh, that is a good question. I remember the episode with Thaddeus. I don't think it was. It wasn't Thomas, right? No, Thomas is his middle name. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if his middle name was his father's name or not. 
I can look this up real quick. Hang on, guy. I, know. I should just do it. But oh, also, real quick, last week I messed up. Uh, Kyle, it's Kyle Riker. Kyle. Oh, all right. I messed up War, uh, Martok's wife. It was the lady Cirilla as Martok's wife. I can't Real even believe you anymore. I can't I believe know. a word you say anymore. I, 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 what are we even doing here, folks? I was like, no one's going to check this out, but I know I was wrong. Actually, I got a lot of angry tweets about that. Yeah. They're like, how dare you Sully Quartz <laughs> cling on wife's name? You're, you're lucky you're not on Twitter, sir. The outrage was, was palpable. <laughs> That's right. That's why I had to never join Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, I don't even know how to par- put this episode together, th- this section of the episode, because, uh, like I said, you have this great stuff with, with – Ke- I, I really like the stuff with Kestra and Soji. I thought those were really strong scenes. I love the scenes. I really uh, like – I'm, I'm not familiar with that actress, but she did a great job. Yeah. Like, normally I find kids annoying as hell, especially Star Trek children. <laughs> very fair. Are very annoying, and she did a great job. Yeah. So I, I I like the way those two characters kind of uh, come together. I I did like the stuff with with Soji how she doesn't trust Picard right away, um, especially with all the, the all the betrayal and stuff like that that she's just gone through with Narek. It makes a right. ton of sense in that regards. My one question about it is is like, well, why did Dodge know to go to Picard, but Soji didn't get the same kind of programming? He hasn't talked to her mom. Yeah, and that must be the thing. Like the the, the whatever uh, a programming exists, it must not have been activated the way it was when the when she was talking to the mom program. Well, the radiation did some damage, right? You know, it's not functioning quite properly. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's fine, and it, it doesn't have to because, like I said, this makes sense to me. I like this. Uh, you know, after this this massive betrayal from Narek, the manipulation. This old guy shows up. It's like, no, I'll help you. And it's like, who the fuck are you? I liked all that. <laughs> I really liked uh, uh, Soji trying to sort things out and 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 right. try to be in the process. Not only like who the fuck these people are around her, but what's going on within her as well as she's beginning to realize she's not what she thought she was. Oh, I I, I like what was happening. It's once again, all that gets flicked away from me as soon as Picard comes out of those bushes and you see Deanna <laughs> farm her tomatoes or whatever she's doing, and you're like, yes, yeah. But you know, once I mean, again, you get a great scene with with with, with Soji and, and Troy. You know, Troy doing some some serious counseling, man. It was great, and that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh my god, she's finally counseling somebody. She figured it out. It only took seventeen. <laughs> 30 years and she's doing it. Go get him. Be, by the way, I was actually really stoked when, when Picard was introducing Troy to, to, to Soji that uh, uh, Troy still has a rank. She's a commander now. That's awesome. Yeah. I well, thought I that mean, was cool shit. I, I was hoping they were still on Starfleet. And R- Riker says they're, or he's on active reserve. reserve. Active yeah. reserve. So is he still just a captain? You think he's got the Titans still? Well, no. I, I assume he gave up his command to take care of a sick kid. Right. To the planet. But I guess he's only made captain. Like, he never tried to, you know, 
Yeah, uh, you know, is we, we we talked a little bit about that. We were kind of hinting at like, you know, what is Riker up to? Because like, why isn't he like a, like, a, like an admiral in Starfleet right now? Because he that seemed to be like his kind of career tra- trajectory. Right. He's a career man. But I mean, then we get the backstory. You know, we we get a couple different references to another Riker kid that we haven't met yet, and we're like, well, uh oh, is this going to be sad? And of course, it's going to be sad. And I was like, Bravo show making me care about a kid that I've never seen or heard about. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're told about, about Thad Riker, who apparently was like insanely smart and gifted and, and uh, wonderful, I suppose. Um, but he's afflicted with a, an illness, and I forget what they called it, but it was an illness that if synthetics weren't banned, they would have access to the the what was it, the positronic matrices that would have helped yeah. cure yeah. the virus because uh, Troy says it's very curable as long as you have these synthetic cybernetic components. Right. But because of the ban, they didn't, so their son died, which is why they moved to uh, Nepenthe because apparently it has like healing properties in the soil, like Riker talks about. Yeah, like, but it's it, it, the briar patch. So. <laughs> But I thought it was a really interesting way to sort of uh, bring. I, I mean, unfortunately, it was tragedy. But to, to but to bring Riker and Troy, uh, what's happened to their lives into like this this battle, not battle, but to, to the, the the plight of the synthetics to make them invested in this already. You know, it was it, they would have been invested already, knowing that Soji is is Data's daughter, quote unquote. But now they have a much more emotional stake in that in that ban and, and what's happened since uh, the the Romulan supernova stuff like that. It was it was interesting and, and kind of heart wrenching and heartbreaking because you know you love these characters and to find out that they uh, they don't get like the happily ever after kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I loved was when Troy's talking to Picard. Yeah, she's talking about, like she's basically asking him, "Don't ask me to go with you." Right. Like, just, you know, she's not as brave as she used to be and all that. Like, I love that scene so much. Just, like, like Troy's killing it this episode. Yeah. No, she was fire. They could never use her like that the next year. No, and I was, initially I was a a bit concerned. Like, when when we started kind of getting, you know, the the stuff with, with Thad sort of, hangs over the head of, of some of these scenes and we don't get a lot of information until later on. Um, I was, this is, this is like the weird part of my brain where I'm like, Oh, please don't have this be like some really fucked up tragedy where like Riker left his phaser out one day or something like that. Oh. <laughs> that would have made me really upset. <laughs> he tripped over his trombone and fell out, fell out the airlock. Oh no. The trombone always in the way. both. The kid and the trombone both fell out of the Titan. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was worried there'd be some kind of like message episode, you know? Like, make sure you lock yeah. down your face. But he died. Time, again, time, <laughs> but but, but I, I like, you know, I shouldn't say liked, but I thought it was uh, well thought out to kind of tie his their son's death into the synthetic situation. Yeah. So, like, they have a stake in it. Let's see, he would have been... I was, I was always trying to place how old the kid would have been. I think they said 18 at one point. Well, he would have been 18 if he was alive, but when did, how long he had been dead? Oh, that's a good question. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, the girl with a lie, the you know, the sister. We, we don't I do math. On the podcast. That supposed to be. We don't do math on this podcast. Okay. All right, good. I'm not going to start it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. No, you know we got enough problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you get to see Riker's dope ass pizza oven. Mm-hmm. He's obviously he's moved on from making giant ostrich eggs. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worf is the one who liked them, right? Yeah. <laughs> it cooks only as good as his ingredients, and like they killed some poisonous rabbit thing and made sausage out of it. Yeah. Right. Rabbit corn sausage or some shit. I'm just saying, like, if I had a replicator, I'd be replicating pizza, like, eight times a day. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I mean, how bad could replicated pizza be? I mean, listen, I, I did think Riker's a bit stingy, though. He's only giving his kid, like, one slice. Like, like I look inside that pizza. I mean, come on. That's a size pizza right there. He made one pizza for five people? What kind of monster <laughs> does that? He's like, you know, he's giving one slice to Kester, and he's like, and he says, Soji, you're a guest, you get two. And I'm like, two? Come on, he man. He doesn't need pizza. In the 24th century, they're all about portion control. I know. <laughs> oh, he was fat shaming her. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need this shit, fatty. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what my wife kept judging everybody's age in this episode. Is she an ageist? Apparently. She's like, oh, that woman's wearing a lot of makeup. And I was like, she's 65. She looks great for 65. <laughs> Your wife doesn't watch movies that are in black and white. So, you know, I got nothing uh, for you, bud. That's true. I, was like, <laughs> I can't wait till Hermione Granger is like 60. <laughs> if we're still alive by then. Because that kid's like 30, I think. <laughs> <laughs> not not a rational argument. <laughs> no, it's not great. It's what happens when your wife won't watch anything old. So I should show her a picture of like Alyssa Milano and be like, "Look at your charmed ones now." Oh boy. So I don't know. Basically, every scene between Riker and Troy and Picard is, is pretty impressive. Pretty good stuff. And again, it seems like a, a you know, a, a course correction for Picard's attitude, perhaps, as he kind of starts to seem seem like he's getting it. Because, I mean, this is probably the first time he's gone to a place and people seem to be happy to see him since the show started. Oh, he gets a great welcome. Like, I smiled so long during that whole, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, the uh, I didn't think it was gonna get me the way it got me. Like, but when when Riker and him embracing that hug, and, and Riker's got the flower all over his hands and stuff. Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, it got me. Yeah, you're like, it's exactly how you want it. Yeah. Well, then they have that wonderful scene where they're out on that little, uh, not like a dock, but like a kind of like yeah. a gazebo by the lake or whatever. Or whatever it is. Yeah, that was a cool little scene too, where you know. Yeah, like, like I said, all those lovely words you've always wanted to hear him say. Yeah, all that fan service is just hitting you in the right spot. Well, I, is, again, I think it's important that 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 
you go to these two characters to get a card's maybe attitude on the right track. Yeah. Because I mean, even even Riker makes mention of the the Picard arrogance, and I was like, I was like, all right, I guess that's one way to interpret some of the things he did, but I never saw it that way. But I wasn't on a starship with him either for seven years. Yeah, we we only saw him like once a week. Yeah, yeah, we were like, all of Picard. You know, between like, adventures, he might have been a real pill. Yeah, <laughs> might be like this tea's not hot enough. <laughs> Fix the replicators. Number one, more trombone. <laughs> oh, he's making Riker play on the bridge. <laughs> I'd like to hear the trombone while I'm thinking. Oh, I can't remember that song. He can never get right for his birthday. <laughs> but it, it again, like uh, for this episode, I, maybe, you know, maybe we start seeing a Picard who's more understanding of what's going on around him. Maybe he's not quite such a dick to Rafi while she's all fucked up and hung over on the bridge. <laughs> I just wanted to apologize. Right? Yeah, you kind of wanted to apologize. I made a mistake, you know? Yeah. I didn't know I'd go a long way with his relationship with her. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm sorry. I've... And I thought he was going to say it when, when Riker's like, you never should have left. I really thought he was going to admit that it was a mistake to resign. Yeah. And I thought he was going to be like, you're right. You know, I, I want to hear him say I made a mistake in in that aspect. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm trying to think. You you just watched it. it, it if correct me if I'm wrong, it ends with the uh, Soji and Picard beaming up to La Serena. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. But they're how like the crew he has now is a little more rough around the edges than what they're used to. Right, right. No, that was a fun scene. Listen to Picard kind of evaluate his his crew of uh, broken toys. Yeah. Oh, I want a Riker to go on the mission so badly. <laughs> By the way, we didn't talk about it, but I love how uh, Riker's house has got like all these like defenses and stuff like that, yeah. like all these defensive capabilities. And he can scan for cloaking devices. Yeah, right? Pretty cool. Uh -huh. Great house. But and it doesn't really think like, oh, what kind of shit is he getting into that he needs shields at a house? Well, and he makes reference to, uh, what was it, like the Zinti? Mm -hmm. Which is from the fucking Star Trek cartoon from the 70s. Yeah, I read about that, and I was like, oh. I figured it was from something that's way too specific. Yeah, they're like cat people. Yeah. Watch, you should watch the Star Trek cartoon. It's on CBS All Access. You already have that channel. <laughs> I do. And you know what I've watched on CBS All Access? Picard. End of list. What else in this episode do you want to talk about there, big man? Oh, man. I, I, how much I just loved it. Except it's for the good. view getting murdered. That's the only downer of this whole episode. Right. But let's see. Did we get something it? I noticed in this episode too? I, I don't think we've we've talked about it, and I didn't really think much of it until this episode. But um, when we're on that that beginning, that the kind of like opening scene on the La Serena, and everyone's on the bridge, or they're trying to get that tractor beam, mm -hmm. and the camera kind of pulls back. I never really realized. I, I mean, I guess I did. It just never really clicked. I was like, this might be the first ship we've seen on Star Trek with like a, a clear, you know, a, you know, whether it's transparent aluminum or not. Um, yeah. 
Oh, you know, not, like, not a view screen, an actual kind of like window almost. Well, don't the, the I mean the shuttlecrafts have those, don't they? I guess the shuttlecrafts have them. You're right. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, maybe smaller ships can have that since the the Lost Arena is a smaller. Yeah, maybe, maybe you are right about that. I didn't I didn't think about the shuttlecrafts, but I, I guess I was just thinking of kind of like that, like the main ships that we've been on. Yeah, yeah like. Do you know how much a transparent aluminum it would take to put a windshield on the Enterprise? <laughs> That's what Ten Four is for. What did you think of uh, Narek's ship? He's in the, like that new. I think they called it like a snakehead. Yeah, snakehead. Yeah, it's like heavily uh, armored. Yeah, and of course it has a lot of firepower and. And that's why I thought they were really going to fight in this episode because they're talking about it. Right. Uh, something that did bother me is. The tractor beam releases, right? Yes. And he's like, all right, Rafi, you did it. Let's get out of here. And she's like, I didn't do it. Doesn't face him at all. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I, then Rafi says, like, it's, it's pro- it must be like a trick or something like that. And he's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he does seem somewhat aware. We did kind of undersell it a little bit, but it is kind of interesting the way they think they're shaped Narek from following them, but he keeps kind of popping back up again, and how right. frustrating that is for them. Because I think Rios uh, considers himself a pretty good pilot, <laughs> right? But you know, which again, Lisa, what we talked about, you know, like the sort of misdirection here. Is it Rafi? Is it Girardi? Like, what's going on here? But we all know. Well, I wish we didn't know. Like, if they're going to do that kind of type of arc, I wish we didn't know the answer. Yes, I, I yeah. agree. Like, if they had had Rafi meet with uh, the sister on Free Cloud. Yeah. And even if she tells her to, you know, go F herself, don't let us see it till later. And then it, you know, it sets up a little bit of doubt. Or maybe there's more than one person, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, we know the answer. So everything they're doing is not... You know, we 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 know, it's the same thing when they're doing the so we know Soji's a robot for five weeks and she doesn't. Yeah, um, th- th- I think the only reason why I, I I'm not I agree with you. I think the only reason why I'm not being critical of it though is because with you know Picard and Soji off planet, you know that, that, that those those kind of like B stories weren't getting much time to kind of grow and develop. So I think they just had to kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. Which I, I think would have played out better if it was like, if they were maybe if they were all together and they were trying to escape from the cube, but they were kept being followed and they couldn't figure it out. Maybe it would have led to more tension. But because we saw in the flashback who it was immediately, the, it, it wasn't tense at all. So they just kind of decided to resolve it. Right. That's what we didn't need to. I guess there are enough hints that of who it would. I, I wish that I get. Actually, I don't wish because that just takes away from Picard. And Riker and Troy, if they spent more time on that bullshit. So I don't wish yeah. that now. I take that back. <laughs> See, there you go. And I, I get, and I think that's the main reason why it was was kind of just a, a, a small detail in the story. It was because, like, uh, what I'd say, like sixty-five, almost seventy-five percent of this episode is is with Picard and, and Riker, and that's great. Oh, I would have been furious, furious if it was mostly like Borg Cube. 
and La right. Serena, and then Riker and Troy were like six minutes of this episode in total. Yeah, I was I was a tad nervous that it would be something like that where um, everything we saw in the trailers was going to be what we got, and I was going to be like, "That's right. the let let down." <sighs> that would have bummed me out. Yeah. Well, and then the director would have just had to come out and explain himself on Reddit again. <laughs> as soon as those sunglasses came out again, I was like, oh, no. Not the sun. But at least they were used for something. I was like, oh, that motherfucker. He's like, you know, see, they're used for something now. Whenever they come out and say something, it usually just annoys me. <laughs> Let's, I'm always like, stop defending yourself. Like, nerds are going to be mad over everything all the time. Stop defending yourself. Like... They're, they're still just going to be mad. It's okay. Slight, slightly divergent here, but I, I'm assuming you're you're kind of aware of the hubbub and kerfuffle going on with the uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization being released. Oh, uh, I, I and all the leaks for it. <laughs> I haven't clicked on a single thing about that shit until yesterday. I broke <laughs> down. <laughs> and you the probably regret it instantly. The rage that was in my head, and I was like, thank God I didn't read that in a book. Thank God I didn't plunk down $20 and read that bullshit. It it really, I you know, I, 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 I read the articles, I read the links and all that stuff. I, I, I clicked them on. It just made me just sort of embarrassed for where Star Wars is right now. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> it just makes me so glad that they reset the, the books on me. So I don't have to read them anymore. <laughs> I can just pretend they don't exist. Right, uh, but it, I mean, it really sucks that you have to like read a novelization of a film to understand the film better. <laughs> yes. Well, that's really upset. annoying. Like you were talking about in your, your other podcast about the Vong and these new... I haven't read anything about these nihilist guys that are coming in. Right, right, right. I, and I was like, they sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I I, like, it's, it's long enough. Have, I didn't know they were so hated in the world. In the universe. The Nile, Nile have an interesting look about them because they're kind of, I mean, it's like every species can be in this, in this group. It's kind of a, like I said, it's kind of like a, like a, they've been described as space Vikings, but you know, it's a bunch of different species. It's not like one unified race or anything like that. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about about Star Wars crap right now. But I don't know. I just want I'm to bring. All I know is I don't need to watch or read some some Picard novelization to understand what's going on in this show. No, even they want me to buy some book that just came out, but I, I I've heard the book has nothing to do with anything. So. No, if someone new coming into Star Trek wanted to watch Picard. And wanted to know what to watch. They need to watch three things: um, First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis. That's it. You can get everything in this show in those three movies. Insurrection as well. Yeah. Insurrection has like evil admirals. And I uh, guess you know, Picard, Picard moral high ground thing. Yeah, the, it's it's mostly like the moral high ground and stuff, like Starfleet. Kind of being shitty and doing what they want. 
But I think if you watch those three movies, you can get the whole show. You learn all the characters you need to know. That's fair. No, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more specifics from the the Riker and stuff. It's just I mean, those things are just fire. Just watch them over and over again. They're so good. I love the way Riker's able to 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 deduce and figure everything out. You know, figure uh, out so exactly what's going on. So good. So good. So good. Riker should be on this like this mission. He would have. We'd be going place. We'd be finished this mission already if Riker was on it. I do have one question for you from one of those scenes when uh, when Riker's first meeting Soji when they're out by the pizza oven. Uh, have, have we ever seen Soji do the, the data head, head tilt? I don't believe so. I thought that was the first time we saw that too. I was like, that yeah. seems randomly weird. I was trying to think if she did it in the first time we see her on the cube. I don't think so. Well, I don't think so either. I think it's something they added in later on. Yeah, it, it you know, it, like like Riker says. I mean, that's obviously a very data esque thing right there. And I I I guess I give it a pass because uh, Soji's never seen these things before. You know, she's totally right. fascinated by the real tomato. So what do I know? I know. I bet that tomato was delicious though. Oh, you uh, know, tomato. Tomato. That's what bothered me is who eats tomatoes like that? I, you know what? <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> who tells another person to eat tomatoes like that? <laughs> it would have been the same thing. Be like, here, here's an onion. Take a bite. <laughs> You're an asshole. Like, onions are fine. Cut that shit up. Give it to them. All right. I mean, she just watched the uh, Riker slicing them. They're, they're much better that way. Yeah. I do have a general question about this show. Okay. About Let's today. All right. Maddox meets Data, wants to take him apart to figure out how to make androids, right? Correct. Measure of a man. Right. And they're like, no, that's slavery at a certain point. At right. the end of that episode. We see B4 taken apart in this show. I Didn't we talk? I thought we talked about this. Did we talk about it? It's I thought we did. It's been a minute, but I thought we I thought we did mention it a little bit how it seemed kind of fucked up that B four is the one dismantled. But okay, it apparently today, and I was like, that's fucked up. Did he make a like? They're like, oh, he's kind of slow for an android, so we can take him apart. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I think it was one of the things we pointed to that leads in, leading into our our uh, lore is actually. You know the creator of Dodge and Soji. Okay. If I if I'm backtracking, I'm sorry. It's something while I was watching this show again. <laughs> no, I that was one of the first thoughts I had. I mean, when when the, when the trailer first dropped, I was like, wait, they took B4 apart. Though it, it sounds like he it did make they did, back in the first episode they didn't make it sound like his his positronic matrix was overloaded by Data's memory. So he might have just went kaput anyways. Oh, uh, okay. I. I they need to make that a little more clear. Because <laughs> from the way I'm thinking about it, Maddox just took them apart to make a slave army of sex robots now. You know, another question. Are you more or less convinced that Girardi's a synth? Less. Less convinced now. Okay. Less convinced. She's human. I, I think so as well. I would imagine that the EMH would have noticed something, but perhaps that's a payoff for next episode still because she is in a coma. 
Yeah. I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I, the house has mucus and stuff, so. Yeah, well. Casual yeah. examination. Her being a synth opens up a whole can of worms because that makes Maddox a real fucking creep. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So I, at this point, like I said, I think I'm hoping that she's not, but I, I'm kind of sort of waiting for it to be revealed that she is. Yeah, I just don't want it to just be, become like a Battlestar Galactica where you're guessing who's a synth and who's not, or like a Westworld for for newer fans. Yeah, I, I I think I got into this with Roger a little bit. We just started naming all the synthetic shows, and it's like, oh, Picard is kind of fitting in with all of them so far. <laughs> Hey, you guys did make me want to watch Ultra Carbon. Haven't got around to it. I want to. I, I want to. I want to go back to it. I, I did enjoy the first one or two episodes that I watched. I just kind of like lost track of it. I watched like ten minutes of one episode, and was I must have been in a bad mood and left. It just never went back. I, I liked it because visually it's very Blade Runner esque. So I mean, it, it's it's something that I know I'll enjoy. That's that's a negative thing for me right now. I had a bad experience during Blade Runner twenty forty nine. <laughs> I think your brother read those books, didn't he? Didn't Rob read those? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, well, Rob would probably be, he'd probably be the person well, to, to convince you one way or the other to watch it. Well, that's that's where it's been coming from. Okay. He's like, how could you not do this? And I'm like, oh, I had a bad experience. He's like, it's like Blade Runner. I was like, oh, don't get me started on that 2049. Like, so slow. Like, well, so I slow. I think I like Sound Roger. I like Anthony Mackie. I just don't know if I want to watch all of season one to get ready for it. But I, I will probably get into it eventually. Uh, it's, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get, I just watched Witcher last week in two days. I was gonna say I just finished Witcher. Uh, I, I dug that show. Yeah, that show's good. I think yeah, I need but... to watch it again. <laughs> like benching <laughs> it in two days, I don't recommend. You, no, a lot of it's lost on you. No, uh, I, th- I think the way I described it to a friend, God, I don't even know if I'll keep this in the episode because like, we're just way off topic now. <laughs> this is a Star Trek slash Witcher podcast. Well, I've been, I've been slurping uh, Henry Cowell for the last week, so I might as well just keep it in. But yeah, well, the, the first half of the Witcher season, like the first four episodes, you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is good, but like, what's happening? Yeah. But it all starts to make sense by the, in the second four episodes. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, oh this yeah, is all right. And then I, I don't know if I should say anything for spoiler reasons, but when you get to episode seven and you're like, oh, wait, he's there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, shit, that's cool. Okay. I, a lot of the times I was like, what time period is this? Where am I? Yeah, and that that's the hardest part of the show. And I guess, I guess now, you know, it's been out for, you know, God, I think since November, December. So I think there's like timelines you can look up. To kind of show you where each episode fits on the chron- uh, chronologically. Yeah, and like Rob was telling me, there's like apparently it's books. I knew it was a video game. Yeah. I never played a video game. I never read the books, so I just went in, you know, like watched it in two days. Really liked what? it. I really so liked it. That ca- that Henry Cavill. Oh, love him! I tried to grow the mustache from Mission Impossible. Melissa was not having it at all. Well, she since we're like, on topic, I'm going to stay there for a second. What do you think of the Henry Cavill as Wolverine rumors? I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> he doesn't have to be short internet, just so you know. I agree. I totally like, agree. Let's get over it. But, like, but like, like I told Roger, when he does, when he does that, that, that shoulder cock, 
you know, in, in the Mission Impossible oh, movie. Yeah. Like, like that, oh, you need a claws popping out the end. It's right there, and it's perfect. Ching, ching. Pretty improvised, by the way. What's up? He improvised that. And they're like, Did he really? Yeah, they're like, that looks so cool. That's definitely going in the movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that dude. I don't know if people say man crush, but I have one on on Cavill. So <laughs> I also have a man crush on Tom Cruise. So Tom like, Cruise is dude. Tom Cruise is the Infinity Stone, my friend. All right, hang on. I gotta I gotta put the brakes on here. We gotta get. <laughs> right, let's get wrap back to the part. podcast. We're too far. Too far. We're too... <laughs> um, uh, just to kind of put a bow on it, we love this episode. It's great. It's great. Troy Riker, the whole shebang. Find out what they've been up to. Uh, but next week, uh, the, the seven of oh. nine on the cube, doing doing cool ex Borg things. What more could you ask for? It looks fantastic. Let me ask you this: Who will Captain Crandall be? Is he going to be someone we, we know? No. Because it didn't sound like Will liked him at all. He sounded like a crackpot is what he made it sound like. And if for anyone uh, – if we, we haven't mentioned Captain Crandall. He's a person who lives on uh, on a Nepenthe. He's like Riker's neighbor who's apparently older than Picard apparently. But he apparently he's been all over the galaxy. Yeah. I was trying to think if it was a reference to someone we had met in another show somewhere. There is the, – the, Apparently this will be – what I was looking – when I did a little research on this, it sounds like this will be a new character. But I guess in the Star Trek Titan books, there is a character named Crandall in it that serves with Riker on the Titan. But obviously I don't think it would be the same Crandall. Well, I, was, I could see like a security officer or something also retiring to keep an eye on him. But I believe Wesley Crusher was his security officer on the Titan. Gross. That's awesome. I don't care what you said. That's a great story if they had to put Wesley back in the inner. Uh, sorry. Well, uh, Crandall's going to be the one who helps them find uh, Soji's home world. So we'll right. see how that takes out. He does in like 12 seconds. Well, because Crandall's been everywhere. <laughs> okay. But also this, like, I don't know, 11-year-old girl's texting this old dude. <laughs> and he's immediately hitting her back on her two-way. So are you saying that the rumors that the Captain Crandall will actually be revealed to be Q are fake? Oh, my God. Is that an actual rumor? That is – well, that's on Reddit. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no founding for this. Why is Q on that? I would love it. <laughs> he's just, just there to break her. Yeah. But why is he he's living like, next to Riker fucking with his kids? Like, what – doesn't Q have better things to do? He just sneaks over there and steals pizzas out of that oven. <laughs> Once again, I've watched that show. Of <laughs> stealing stuff that he doesn't need. <laughs> what is he, just Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, just to see if he can do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Q's 11. And they just rob uh-huh. bank. <laughs> and like, Q, couldn't you do this on your own? It's not as fun. I would love to see Q show up at some point during this show. Yeah, the, the rumors of it being cute make no sense to me, but what do I know? Uh, that makes no – because, like, he was more interested in Picard than Riker. I, I would mean, be – He had passing interest in Riker, but that was just because he was part of the crew. 
Well, there is that episode where Eric Q does make him a member of the of the continuum. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to as a passing interest. But yeah. time travels with Picard. He gets involved in Picard's love life. What what I thought might be interesting uh, was not coming back to play the role of Q, but like, what if they just bring back John Delancey as Crandall? Because uh, that would be pretty cool. I'd be fine with that as long as he's not Q. But if you brought back that actor, the internet would just be like, nope, that's Q pretending to be an old man. <laughs> but I think that's why it makes sense because, like, you know, Q is infinite, right? Q can't age. Q shouldn't, you know, be an old man. I mean, he could choose to make him look old, himself look old if he wants to, because he wants to fit in with the card. Yeah, oh, whatever. I, again, we're, we're, we're just firing internet speculation at each other right now who you know we'll find out on thursday it's almost here you know it, it's gonna be cisco oh shit jake and cisco, cisco. Uh, i don't think soraka lost an axe anymore <laughs> i have no idea what he's up to he doesn't return my phone calls anymore yeah i know he's kenny lofton's nephew that's all i know oh shit kenny but if it it's Avery Brooks looking super old, you know right. he has knowledge of uh the prophet. You're, you're writing fan fiction now. You're just out of control. <laughs> <laughs> time time to stop this this shenanigans. This Tom Fury. Right. Uh, did you have any more questions though? Any more thoughts run into that brain? We should get out. Not about this episode. I feel like we said it. Now I'm just going to go write fan fiction and just text it to you in the middle of the night. That's fine. I, I can handle that. And um, Bashir is topless. I, <laughs> oh, one question I did have for you about the episode. Oh, all right. That jogged your memory. That's weird. <laughs> I was trying to – there was one more thing that happened in the in the Picard-Riker stuff, you know, when they're on the, on the Pente there. Um, they're having dinner, and, and Picard's trying, like, the new tactics with, with Soji, right? But they're at like that giant dinner table eating the pizzas. Yeah. Did you notice that fuck ton of candles they have on that dinner table? No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I watched Three it four times. Hour with candles, dude. I'm telling you. Well, they could just shoot a phaser at them. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched the episode four times. You didn't notice all those candles? No, I didn't notice the candles at all. That's a fire hazard, man. That cabin would go up in a second. That table turned over. Picard and Riker were together again. You could have driven a Mack truck behind me, and I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> totally fair. All right. Well, Reagan, I thank you for your for your thoughts on, on helping me recap this episode of Star Trek Picard, our favorite Picard-based Star Trek show. Of all time. <laughs> Ooh, of all time? You're even bumping it over next gen, huh? That's not Picard-based. That's an ensemble. Oh, there it is. Loophole. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you about Picard next week, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, so there you have it. There's our uh, there's our thoughts on Star Trek Picard, Episode 7. That was Reagan and I kind of trying to do a semi-cohesive breakdown. Uh, we're, it's been a little bit different. I, you guys have probably noticed that uh, as the show has kind of picked up and ramped up its intensity the way we're breaking down the shows has gone a little bit differently as uh we tend to be following the trajectories of some of the characters through the episode as opposed to kind of uh the chronological order i don't know 
if you guys have a preference on the way we do things, we can go back to the chronological way. It just kind of seemed to, uh, to, at least to my mind, make a little bit more sense to kind of just follow Girardi through the episode, follow Rafi and Rios through the storyline in the episode. Um, if you guys prefer the chronological breakdowns, we can definitely go back to doing it that way. So if you guys have any thoughts on that, let me know. Happy to accommodate. Um, but I think I think Reagan and I are getting some pretty decent discussions out of the episodes. The way we're kind of it was it was fun initially. You know, when I did the first couple episodes solo, just kind of sharing all everything that I had in my brain about these episodes. Um, but having Reagan come aboard has really been helpful because uh, we're able to kind of bounce our ideas and our thoughts off of each other. And that's I think that's been a lot of fun. And again, I know I've talked to you guys before about it, but uh, I hope the quality of the Skype calls is is um, is good for you guys. Uh, we're, we're we're really it's something we're both paying attention to, and we're trying to keep the quality really really high. And and uh, again, hopefully you guys are having as much fun with our conversations as as we are. Uh, anybody watching the show, and if if there's something we we haven't addressed yet, you guys have your own theories. Uh, by all means, email the show at tomcastpodcast at gmail You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, tomcastpodcast, at those two fine social media sites. And uh, we'll be happy to get into all that stuff on the show with you guys next time. Uh, so please take advantage of that. It's, it's good stuff. While you're out cruising the internet, you can also head on over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join Pophead Nation. Hang out with cool guys like the Aspen Hill Chody, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear, keeping Bay Park safe for all the people of San Diego, or at least of Bay Park. And uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, oh, real quick, though, too. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like the podcast, five-star reviews, all that stuff. Those are a real big help uh, for small, independent podcasts like us who are trying to trying to make it in this crazy world where everybody seems to have a podcast these days. And that's okay. That's the best part about this medium is that uh, it's given a voice to a lot of different people who normally wouldn't have access to, to these kind of things to get their thoughts and their feelings and talk about the things that they're passionate about. Uh, so it's a crowded world out there and we're just trying to make, make a little space for ourselves. Um, but we're doing great. Uh, I, I, ha I have all you guys who do listen to the show and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So thank you so much, but you know, liking and sharing and doing all this stuff, help, help grow the nation. Uh, more, the more, the merrier. All right. I'm going to sign off. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Uh, it's, it's, um, uh, it's going to be funny cause it looks like you know, I'm going to be dropping like three episodes in roughly a week. Um, but that's technically not true because uh, I, we, when we dropped the, re the review for Star Trek Episode Six, it was actually done on Friday. But because of technical difficulties, I had to wait until Monday to actually get the, sh the show edited and put together. But I think what we did tonight worked out really well. And hopefully going forward, no more technical difficulties with the Skypes. All right, guys. You have a great weekend. We'll be back uh, definitely next week for Picard. I think Roger and I are going to have to skip a week of, of pop casting new stuff, uh, but hopefully the week after we'll get back on track with those. All right, uh, ramp it up, guys. We've got three episodes left to Picard, and, and it's a big two-part finale for the season, so get ready. All right, you guys take care. Ciao, babes. Make it so. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!